0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper.
2: Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com, and I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. And I'd just like to say a thank you to my guest last week, Lewin de Berg, who shared his thoughts with us about how to develop your voice. Uh, some really great content in there. If you listen to the show, you'll understand when I say um, I wonder how many people around the world are humming at the moment before they go in and uh, have to deliver a speech or something, which was one of his, uh, his techniques. Also, thank you to the construction company who decided to drill into the other side of the wall while we were recording. Um, but it's always fun when you get challenges and little things that go wrong. And it's kind of fun in life to fix them and see them that way. What I um, will recommend is that if you're looking to grow your business, maybe to find a way that you can add lots of value to people and keep it going. Um, it's interesting, I was sort of reflecting this week about 12 months ago. I was almost thinking about whether I should give this show in. And now we're at 94 shows, and it's been fascinating the, the benefits of sticking with it. And you know, this week and this month, I just had so many opportunities that are just flowing through to me as a, as a result of this show. And um, it just shows the benefit of just keeping going with some something. And my guest on this show knows it takes time to see the green shoots and then the trees grow from a vision, and indeed. Uh, when I was making that decision about a year ago, he was involved with that and helped me with it. I met Doug about 18 months ago when I saw him present about growing a business. Uh, the session was unusual and it really stood out for me. And it stood out for me because it was practical, it was straightforward, and it was logical. And I realized as a, bu- as a business mentor and a facilitator that there, there were things that I could learn from Doug to really help myself and also my clients. So I decided to hire him to support me personally. And it was therefore time, I felt, to invite him onto this show so you can experience some of that benefit too. Doug Dorby spent over 30 years in management, with the last 12 years working as a consultant and a trainer with a wide spectrum of companies. And his background was in the security sector, where he acquired lots of business management skills. He's the founder and managing director of Executive Training and Consultancy Limited. He developed the Momentum program, which is a highly successful management consulting and coaching tool that guarantees to improve a company's profitability. He's directly personally helped over 100 SME businesses to increase their profits. And he's author of Getting Down to Business, which is a practical, as you'd expect from the way I've introduced him, no-nonsense guide to growing your business. That book's available on Amazon from the 16th of September, so I'd recommend getting a copy of that because, uh, as you'll see, Doug really does know what he's talking about. Um, he provides management training to senior managers from all over Europe. He grew a reach of an international company himself, priced to that, from 800000 to a million, £5 million pounds in less than four years. He's run a successful and established a telemarketing business. He's worked and lived in seven different countries, and he's a fellow of the Institute for Independent Business international. So I'd like to welcome to you, Doug Daubery.
3: Hi, Chris. Hi, Doug. Are you well? Yes, very good. Thanks.
2: Excellent. I'm pleased you're there. There There's a little bit of silence for a moment there. And I thought, crikey, is he still there? (laughs) Yeah,
3: no, I'm still here. (laughs)
2: Excellent. So Doug, um, maybe you could start by telling us about, you know, why you've got a unique take on business growth.
3: Um, Well, I started doing consultancy in March of 2000, uh, having come out of the security industry. And uh, like most consultants, I was uh, doing lots of appointments trying to uh, sell my services to business owners, managing directors. And after about a year of working on that, um, I I took stock of where I was at. I took stock of the number of people that was engaging my services and realized that um, I wasn't, based on the number of people I was seeing, I wasn't getting that much business. So I really took a look at the consultancy industry and what it was offering businesses. And astonishing um, came out from that, really, um, the first was that there was not 18% of all businesses um, in the UK uh, had less than five employees. And 92% had less than 10 employees, with an astonishing 95% being SMEs, which is uh, by definition having less than 250 employees. And it was the small micro-businesses that were really looking for help, but but weren't engaging me when I was out uh, offering my services. And that came about really because we weren't offering anything that they needed, Most consultants, and still most consultants today, work on project basis. They will go in and fix a problem, solve a solution, uh, work on testing a new uh, part of a business, um, and weren't really offering the small business owner help to grow their business. So I took a look at that and decided to build my consultancy around that subject and identify what was needed and have, uh, over the last uh, 12 to 30 years, Worked with business owners to help them to build their business, which isn't something that happens overnight. And I guess you've got a.
2: You actually, in the intro, I share that you'd lived and worked in seven different countries. So, do do you think that gives you a unique perspective on business, or well, uh, do you find that business is very similar anyway? Because
3: Yes, it it, it does. And uh, having been in various different countries and uh, still have contacts in various countries, those statistics for the UK are not dissimilar to around the world. Um, Small business people, entrepreneurs set up small businesses. They're very good at what they know. They're very good at their speciality, but uh, no training or support in how to grow a business.
2: So what do you think, therefore, are the the, the, you mentioned that training and support there, but what do you think are the key issues that people face with
3: growing their business? Um, the, well, the biggest thing that I've found, it's it's uh, consistent across many sectors, um, the business owners are very much focused on their day-to-day survival. They have to make enough money to pay the salaries. If they're employing anyone, they have to make enough money to... Uh, make uh, their their own income to to support their own family and so on and they're focused very much on organizing themselves on a day-to-day basis so they're not looking forward to where they're taking the business and they haven't necessarily got all their fundamentals in place to allow the business to grow Mm,
2: makes a lot of sense so but what to you
3: are the fundamentals well the key to any business that wants to grow they have to have a goal um, and it, that goal for small business owners um, more so than uh, the large businesses will have their visions and they'll be working the large plcs will work on uh goals for uh you know 7 27 even 50 years depending on the industry they're in but small business owners um need to really understand what they want out of their business so in setting goals, it's it's important to understand what a goal is and to have that goal actually aligned to their personal goal. Um, and that may sound like, well, how does that work in terms of business? But for a small business owner, their own personal goals should be being facilitated by their business. So their business activity should be helping them to achieve what they want to achieve in life. Otherwise, it becomes an anchor round their neck. Their business is stopping them from doing what they want to do or what they want to achieve. It's all it's doing is providing the income to survive on a day-to-day basis. And maybe you
2: asking me a very important. the goal. Yeah, I'm asking me a very important question when we. Sorry. So you asked me a very great question when we at first sat down. You said, you know, how much money do you actually need?
3: Yes, exactly. So the business needs to be facilitating that, uh, and therefore the goals of the business need to be established in order to facilitate that. But, but you've got to be careful when you're setting your goals that you're not just setting targets. Um, it's all well and good to say, yeah, I want to earn X amount of money. Um, I, I was speaking to an accountant and asked him what his goals were for his business, and he said he wanted 600 clients and, and to be earning uh, one and a half million um, and uh, my response to him was well those are great targets what's your goals and i was met by silence um, and the reason for that is is that you yes you can have targets and you must identify in terms of numbers uh, in, within your goal but your goal is actually what you want to have from it what do you want it to look like what you do what you want to achieve from it give me an example the, to facilitate the Well, um, when I drilled down with that accountant, what he actually wanted to do was wanted to build the business to a point where he could actually sell it on and retire with sufficient income to look after himself and his wife uh, for the rest of his life in retirement. Um, And so that's actually what his goal was. Uh, He then identified that in order to achieve that goal, he needed to sell those targets and work on those targets but he'd become focused on achieving those targets as opposed to working towards his goal right
2: okay so did that mean that there was there was not the right proportion between his his target and his goal did he actually not need to achieve that target to satisfy his goal
3: well potentially yes Potentially, if, he would, if, if in the process of working towards his goal, he got to the point when he was able to sell the business and an opportunity came up to sell the business for sufficient income to, to facilitate the goal, then um, he could see that. He would be able to see that and go for it rather than just being focused on the targets he had set. Yes. Yes.
2: So what, so what are the other fundamentals?
3: Well, having established your goals, um, you need to then really identify what are the key actions or activities that you need to undertake in order to uh, reach the goal. So those are the actions, the the things that you need to do. And I I refer to these as objectives. So having established the goal, you need to say, well, right, there's my goal. That's what I want to achieve. How am I going to do that? What do I need to have in place in order to To make sure that happens, Um, if we if we say uh, we go back to the accountant example, he wanted to have uh, a business that he could sell. Having six hundred customers, having six hundred accounts that he was working on, um, the you could actually build that into being the objectives. So the objective is to develop the number of customers so that he had sufficient customers to be able to sell his business at the appropriate uh, price he was looking for. And then putting that target in place of 600. Um, But the, uh, the objective then is to establish a process, maybe a sales or marketing process, that will facilitate achieving those numbers. So there's an action, there's something you have to do in order to achieve your goal if you don't understand what are those broad statements of what you need to do then your activity then doesn't happen and it's just a wish and that wish will be there forever and you'll never achieve it yeah. so a goal is the first step but then identifying what you need to do what are the objectives that you need to achieve in order to facilitate the goal Does that makes sense yeah so so within that he,
2: he needed something like uh, an objective which was around maybe achieving so many sales over a period of time to get him towards that 600. And I guess they needed to be an average of what was that 2,250 pounds per client or something.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and the objective is a broad statement. So really what he needed is, and what he didn't have funnily enough uh, was the sales process. Um, he was doing a bit of marketing, but he didn't really have a proper sales process in place. So uh, identifying his prospects and, and bringing them through to actually becoming customers, there was no real process in place. So one of his objectives we identified was to create a proper sales process that would bring on the customers that he needed. Yes. Otherwise, it's just. Yeah.
2: Yes. So that's the, 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 the practical application that will deliver the, the goal.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a broad statement. If you've got five or six key objectives as broad statements, then you can then start breaking those down into the, uh, the action targets and and various things that you need to, uh, go away and do. But the objectives, five or six key objectives gets you focused of the, uh, in terms of the activity that you need to do in your business. That's not necessarily the day-to-day activity, it's the broad activity that you've got to be pushing forward in your business in order to achieve the goal
2: great we' have got about three minutes left doug, and I just want to ask you you know bearing that in mind
3: what are the things that you
2: find that actually stop people from achieving those goals
3: <laughs> great question when i'm I'm working with clients on this and we're looking at the objectives, one of the questions that I ask them is what's going to stop you from achieving your goals because there are various things that in, from an objectives point of view that we're not looking at and it actually throws out some additional objectives um in a small business uh, in fact in any business one of the key things that's going to stop you from achieving your goals is cash flow for example so by identifying that That uh, cash flow might be an issue, then you can then put a process in place to make sure you've got proper credit control, you've got all your processes in place to make sure that you don't have uh, credit uh, with people who have got bad credit rating, etc. For an IT company, it would be crucial, for instance, to keep up to date with all the technical advances, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to. So by asking the question of what is going to stop you from achieving your goal, it throws out the, the answers to those maybe that creating some another three or four objectives that you wouldn't have thought of normally. Yes. So a great question yes.
2: I'm to ask. Yeah, really, really uh, I guess that does tease out some really important things, doesn't it? Because uh, the, the the rates of small business failure are quite high, aren't they? And I, and I guess it's the failure to appreciate some of those factors and, and in some instances can be quite a simple a simple factor that you've missed could make all the difference.
3: That's right and, and uh, reducing the liability uh, gives you much better chance of success. I think in the UK the latest statistics I'm aware of is that 70% of all startups fail within the first three years um, I'm not sure how that fits around the world, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't very similar, Chris. Because um, business—I've—I've I've learned, to, you know, going around the world, that business is not different anywhere. It's exactly the same principles of business, principles of growing your business are exactly the same, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Australia, whether you're in America, whether you're in in Europe. Um, it is a, you have to be working off of the principles in order to make sure that your business grows, and because you're uh, dealing in a different language, it doesn't change those principles. Excellent.
2: Well, we're going to go to commercial break now, and after the break, we
3: um, can ask Doug to really
2: talk about um, you know how you get your organisational structure right, and then uh, some of the key components of that so uh, do stay with us because i know there's lots more great content to come from doug and we shall be back in just a couple of minutes
0: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
1: would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You were tuned in to Be More Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper.
2: Hi, this is Chris Cooper dot more, com. Uh, if you've got any questions about this show, any feedback, uh, then please do uh, send me an email to uh, info at dot more, com. do love to hear from you. Um, also, if you want to um, sign up to uh, my newsletter, you can do that at uh, more, com or um, link in with me on Facebook or something like that. It's always good to connect. So, uh, Doug, we were talking about goals and objectives and some of the... Sort of fundamentals of growing any business, and I know in our conversation you uh, you mentioned, and through my work with you, that organisational structure is something we really need to think of carefully. How do you best go and establish Absolutely. your organisational structure?
3: Well, um, organisational structure is again one of those the the fundamentals of growing a business. Um, if you haven't got your structure in place. Uh, even if you've only got two or three staff, you do need to have a structure. And the importance of a structure is it allows you to see what you are doing in terms of uh, your business and making sure your business is organized in a way that it's capable of growing. Um, let me just go through the sort of fundamental shape of a business. Um, and this is for any business. The very large PLCs will follow this shape, but they will expand it um, Going forward, um, if you start really with three divisions, you've got one division, and the first division to be considered is your support services. So this is all the the, the duties and the actions and activities that support the rest of the business. Um, HR is one of those, uh, accounts and admin. So you'd have three departments within the division. Um, In a very large organization, they would become individual divisions. Uh, But for smaller businesses, you have one division with the three departments, and they are facilitating the support into the rest of the business. Uh, Your second division would be your sales and marketing. This is the activities around your sales and marketing. Depending on your business, your sales and marketing will uh, look slightly different um, but basically, you're going to have direct sales, you're going to have marketing and you're going to have PR or potentially customer service. Um, as a note on a retail um, business, your sales is actually your main operation. It's what you're doing in terms of your business. So coming away from retail, you've got sales and marketing as your, your second division. Your third division is your operations, your delivery your the service that you're offering. And depending on what it is you do, it will depend on what your departments are. But there's your fundamental three areas that you need to consider um, how you're going to be structured and who's going to take ownership and responsibility for each of those parts.
2: So so I guess, Doug, if you're a one-man business...
3: Then what you
2: also you're saying to people who are listening to this is actually you've got to do all those three functions either yourself or you need to find resources who can maybe support you in some of them.
3: Well, absolutely. I mean, when 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 I talk to uh, soul traders, people maybe just husband and wives, and they're saying, "Well, we're doing everything." Well, yes, you're doing everything, but it's important to understand what is everything. What does everything mean? And um, what are all these functions? There was uh, one of my clients um number of years ago went in to see them uh, they were actually employing about 12 people and when we looked at the organizational structure husband and wife business we found that there was actually two separate organizations going on the wife was running the uh, one side of the business which was operations but the husband was doing all the support services and lo and behold nobody was doing the sales and the marketing it was sort of being done by uh, various uh, elements it was a phenomenal business uh, in terms of their customer service, which meant they were getting lots of good repeat business. So their sales and marketing was happening by default, and because it hadn't been recognised, then um, it wasn't really being done. Mm. Uh,
2: so, and do you think some of that comes from maybe you know the, the nature of an individual? If you're if you're sales and marketing orientated, actually in your flow doing that, you'll you'll see the importance of that. But maybe if you're more administrative or financial or more into just doing the delivery you tend to focus in there so what i'm trying to say i guess is if you if you've got you know a gap in your organization where some it's not someone's natural affinity then you could have a, a a whole
3: Oh, definitely, because we do what we are comfortable with and we stick to our comfort zones. Um, there's so many business owners say, well, I'm not a salesperson. How do I sell? Um, I don't want to do sales. I can't afford to to employ a salesperson. And the, the end result is they don't do much in the way of sales and and then wonder why they're not getting enough business in. Um, that's a whole other subject, though, Chris, in terms of of how to deal with the sales. Um, and and far too big a subject to to touch on now, um, <clears throat> but it, it's a key part for a business. If you're not sales oriented, you've got to have a system or a process in place that's going to help you. Yes, yes.
2: Um, so you set you set up those three functions, and you make sure that they're adequately resourced. Or or if you're an individual. How would you apportion your time between those three things?
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant uh, question, Chris. It actually helps with time management by doing the structure, by, by recognizing all of the functions that need to be done. So many small business owners, uh, sole traders, uh, feel quite alone in their business. They're doing everything. But when you actually lay out your structure, you can, you can plug in to your structure who's helping you. So, for instance, your accountant actually sits on your organizational structure in the accounts department, um, in the support services. If you have a, uh, somebody looking after your website, then they would sit in your marketing department uh, overseeing your website. If you do networking, you're in a networking group, that's all part of your marketing. So when you start laying it out and see who's actually supporting and helping you in your business you actually see that you've got quite a structure there and uh, that 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 structure is um effectively um, a virtual organization but it's there and it's helping the next thing it does for you is it helps you to identify where do you need to plug in additional resource where are you overloaded what's causing you to be overworked and where can you put somebody in place so that structure helps to identify that as well. And quite rightly, time management, you've got all of these things to do. When am I going to allocate time, whether it's monthly, weekly, but you start allocating time to it and then they get done.
2: Mm. Mm.
3: I thought one thing you shared with me that I thought was quite
2: helpful was we do have the facility within our diaries on, on our computers to color, color code, don't we? And it was an interesting exercise you suggested to me to color code my activities when I'm spending time marketing, selling and delivering, etc. Because you can get some interesting sense of whether you've got the balance right or not.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you if you're color coding your diary, you can color code it into three departments um, and you can take one look at your weekly diary and identify whether or not you're doing enough. Um, uh, where are you doing enough sales? If you've got sales identified by blue, quick look at your weekly diary will tell you if you're doing enough of it. Uh, and and what's enough, I hear you say. <laughs> enough depends on whether or not you've got, uh, if you're small businesses, what will happen is, is that you'll do your marketing and your sales, you'll build customers, and then you've got to go and deliver it. So you move off into the delivery and the sales and marketing falls away. You've delivered the work, and the next thing is you've got no sales and marketing, so you've run out of customers. You've got to go back to doing your sales and marketing. It creates a roller coaster of having business and not having business. So by, by identifying all functions that need to be done and time allocating them across your month so that you don't, even though you're busy with delivery, you don't stop the basic sales and marketing activity, it flattens that out and hopefully puts it on an up curve so that you've got continuous work coming through. Yes. I
2: I think it's really, you know, myself working with lots of, lots of businesses and small businesses and entrepreneurs. I often see that as well. I see people maybe doing quite a lot of, a lot of effort around sales and getting in and delivering, but then they're not doing the support service as I'm thinking strategically about where the business is going. So they're just in the, in the doing. Um, you know i see relative different uh, different proportions along those three aspects that you articulated there
3: yeah and earlier in the conversation we talked about what you know what's uh, the the key things that the small business owners are finding that's that or what is they doing that that means they're not growing and uh, we talked about those basics of having the goals and the objectives you need time out now and again to just lift your head above the parapet lift your head above the uh, the water and look at what those goals are if you've set your goals you've set your objectives just be able to review them again set aside some time to do the management part because when you've got that that structure, um, support services, your, your sales and marketing and your delivery or your operations, above that sits your management structure. So you've got your managing director and then you've got your directors or, or key managers overseeing each of those departments. Well, they have a function of managing the business and that function of managing the business, setting the goal, setting the vision and making sure that the uh, the business is running to those goals and vision, well, time has to be spent on that as well. Because if you don't do that bit, the rest doesn't function either. Yeah. So you have to allocate time to the management of the business, not just those functions that we've outlined. I think I
2: think there's, that's very, very relevant. And there's something else I just want to mention that you, you said earlier that I think is really important, is we can think if we're – we're kind of sole traders and I get this myself when I mean, people say to me oh, it, must be, it must be quite hard I'm just working for yourself well actually I don't just work for myself because sitting around me are lots of lots of people who provide support into my business in so, you know, a couple of marketing people men- mentors um, sometimes delivery partners and actually when you look at the the whole process of who does supply finds uh, provide support you find yourself in you know Sort of the next level, maybe five or six people, and then there's a you know there's advocates out there who are giving you testimonials. Actually, you end up with quite an organisation around you, even though you're not directly employing them. You're, you're maybe paying some of them as suppliers, but I guess you've got you need. To put, what I've realised, you've got to really manage those relationships and and really nurture them to get the real benefits from them.
3: That's right. And those virtual organizations mean that, you know, I talked about the statistics of sort of 90% of businesses being uh, sole traders, or micro businesses. Um, they they are on paper. But in reality, they are, uh, some of them are substantial organizations. They're virtual organizations. Uh, designers, for instance, will be operating as a sole trader in a potentially, but they've got three or four designers that will help them if their workload gets, uh, or if they've got a special al- specialty within what they do. And um, so there's, the, in many cases, uh, the small micro businesses are, are the, the, the micro businesses are not micro businesses, they're small businesses. And that's the point when you really have to manage them, because it's not just you. And all of those contacts you have, you've got to manage those individuals as part of your organization so having an organization structure and understanding your organizational structure becomes fundamental to being able to grow your business yeah, definitely. so what
2: what are the key processes do you think that need to be established for growth to ensure that um, those activities are really happening
3: well you processes in in terms of uh, the functions that need to be done within the business so most Businesses uh, where they are speciality at whatever they do, they will have their processes in place. They will know how to make a widget or they will know exactly how to design a website. They've got their processes in place. It's getting the other processes in place that supports that. Uh, that's important. So first of all, you've got to have a marketing process. Marketing doesn't happen by accident. You need to be managing your marketing. You, the word having a marketing strategy is bantered about a lot. Um, OK, the reality is you need to have a plan in terms of your marketing. You need to know what you're going to do and, and how you're going to get to the right people who might need your services so that you can then delve to them. And um, I suppose I need to highlight as well, because the next process I'm going to talk about is the sales process. Sales and marketing get lumped together. They're two separate activities. Selling and marketing have two functions and two outcomes. When you're marketing, what you're trying to do is you're trying to generate enough awareness of you and your services and your products so that people, individuals, start uh, uh, interested in what you offer. That turns them into prospects. So your mark the outcome of marketing and a good marketing process will give you this as an outcome is prospects. So is your marketing working? Well, the answer to that is how many new prospects have you generated within the week or the month? That will tell you whether your marketing is working. So in any process, you need to know what the outcome of that process should be. So marketing is an absolutely essential process. And know the outcome as number of new prospects that that marketing is is achieving. Having done that, you then have to then take the prospect and sell to them. You've got to go through your sales process, understanding your sales process. And of course, the outcome of sales process is that you have closed the business. They've agreed to it. They've signed the contract. They've placed an order, whatever a close means to your business but they your prospect has now become a customer. So you then need another process and that process is delivery. You've got to do your delivery and most people who are good at what they do have, don't have a problem with that, but tracking and measuring delivery is important because you, it's, you only earn money in a business to the degree that you deliver. You can't invoice or charge people for something that you don't deliver so sales and marketing will generate customers but what actually generates income into a business is delivery does that make sense absolutely so we've delivered we've now got some uh we've got to invoice it <laughs> so here we go we've got to get create cash flow so we've got to have a process to make sure it's getting invoiced, it's being paced up and that the finances are being monitored and measured. But on all delivery, on all of these processes, you can only know if they're working if you are monitoring them and you're measuring them. I think that uh, that measurement
2: process there is is very helpful. I know you, you got me more into a system whereby um, I understand how much I really have in my pipeline. I understand now how many uh, you know how many new prospects i need each month i understand what the percentage of those i convert is i understand how many proposals i convert uh, and understanding that information is is really helpful because uh, you can not have enough in your pipeline uh, to hit your targets unless you really go through this measurement process and uh, you know I'm, I'm grateful to you for putting a bit of discipline to me um, to do that
3: uh, well you're very welcome, um, but you know for our for our listeners today it's it's crucial that you measure, monitor uh, and then tr- and, and track what you are doing in all aspects of your business um, because that will give you the tools then to be able to grow your business if you don't know what you're doing and how you're doing it and the outcomes of the activities that you're doing. You cannot take action to improve them. We're
2: going to go to commercial break now. So we shall be back with you again in just a couple of minutes, and we'll explore more um, sort of the marketing and the delivery and uh, a few more questions that I want to put to Doug before we go. So do join us again. We shall be back again in just a couple of minutes.
1: Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a
0: living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kirk Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network
2: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Doug Dalbury. We're talking about growing your business the practical way. And and Doug, before the break, you mentioned about delivery, and I think I think that's an area actually we could give a bit more focus to on on this show. Um, you also mentioned that if you don't deliver, you don't get money in, and clearly that's getting money into your business is essential if it's going to survive. So, I wonder from your experience, how do you manage the delivery process? Um.
3: This this the area of delivery, you're absolutely right. You, you, you cannot, you don't earn any income into a business unless you deliver. You cannot invoice, you cannot collect any money. Uh, some businesses you will collect money beforehand if they're paying up front. Others uh, will be on a um, credit control basis whereby you need to go and get the money afterwards. But regardless of whether it's before or afterwards, you have to make sure that you're delivering. And Delivery is very important in terms of managing the process. Um, we've talked about small business owners being very good at what they, uh, what they do. So whether they're a website designer or somebody who manages SEO, or, or they're a plumber or a bricklayer or whatever it is that their small business is running on, they're very good at doing the function of, of the delivery. But managing the delivery is just as important because if you don't manage it, then you're not managing your customer's expectations. So if there is an expected delivery date uh, for what you're doing in three weeks, you've got to manage that process through to make sure that you actually achieve that in three weeks. Otherwise your customer isn't going to be happy. And just a p- point on that, Chris is that you actually have to manage the expectations of your customer. Um, I was talking to one of my clients this morning um, He's a designer. Uh, he does design work. And he, uh, um, we were talking around the fact that his customers quite often will contact him and expect uh, and need something designed and produced yesterday. Um, but he's already got a calendar full of stuff he's got to do. So he's got to manage that expectation um, and talk to the customer and, and really uh, get them to understand the time it takes to do something, but understand their needs as well and try and facilitate If you do have to do rush work and you have to put overtime in to facilitate that, you're prepared to do that. Make sure you're charging for it. Make sure you're charging extra for that rush work. Um, But on a general basis, you really do need to understand your delivery process. I would recommend getting a a board on the wall, a whiteboard, putting some lines across your whiteboard, uh, to uh, so your your rows if you like on your whiteboard identify all the projects or the or the jobs you're doing and then a, the columns identify all the steps that you need to go through to to ensure that you deliver and if it's time critical you can put the dates in and manage it going through does that make sense absolutely so so by doing that you actually start to create your delivery process the Main thing that that then allows you to do is to, on a, uh, when you're looking at what your, your duties are, are, or what you can actually make sure that everything is diaried and everything is being done according to plan. If there's a hold up, it gives you that opportunity of speaking to your customer and uh, changing that expectation, agreeing a change of expectation so that you're not under pressure. You're not creating stress for yourself uh through not managing the delivery it's
2: very interesting i've got a local a local supplier who had a catalogue of issues with it was actually to do with uh, with some fencing so a a personal thing and and this went on for these issues went on for weeks and weeks and eventually i got them in and uh, had a very good conversation with them and around these issues and they they held the hand up and some of them were the, were the suppliers issue and a bit embarrassed about it. So we agreed a an action plan to resolve them because I hadn't paid them a, a fair amount of money in, until they'd completed the job. As yeah. they made all of these prom- promises to me and um they four times people were going to come to fix this. This was probably about two and a half months ago. And Nobody has turned up on any occasion. Every time I speak to them, I get a load of excuses. And I've got money sitting in my bank account that I actually want to pay them for the job finished.
3: (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect example. And you think
2: how many other people are in that situation and how much cash are they not getting in because they're just not managing the delivery at all? In fact, I'm probably going to send them this recording.
3: Yeah, good idea. Um, but yeah, perfect, Chris. is a perfect example of the, of that situation. Um, and I come back to the earlier statement that you need to, to monitor, track and measure all of your processes within your business so that you can see it and you can see what's happening with your delivery. And if you're invoicing, maybe you're invo- invoicing up, let's just say that you're invoicing 50% up front, get on your delivery board. The fact you've v- issued your first invoice have another column that says that the payment's been received because work isn't going to start until that payment's received. Once that payment's in, you can then schedule it and it runs through yes. uh, and you can manage it going through. You also, uh, right at the end of your board, you've got a date of completion. So you identify when is the client expecting it. If the client isn't expecting a date of completion. Put the data completion in for yourself and work to that data completion so that you are, again, you're managing it through. And the reason for that is that when it's completed, you can then raise another invoice and get the rest of your money in. Or you can raise an invoice and get all of your money in if you haven't already done a a prepayment. That actually then allows you to do another process, and that is create an order book. By creating an order book, you can, from your delivery board, you can say, right, that's going to be finished, I don't know, say it's going to be finished at the end of October, then we're going to invoice it. We should have that money in by the end of November. So you can actually identify how much income you are going to have on a month-by-month basis based on work that's already in. Does that makes sense?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's a, a process I've worked with for many years uh, and not being if I couldn't establish the cash flow in my business, then I couldn't make decisions about it really about when I can invest money in things to help grow it, so I think it's absolutely Perfect. essential i think the I think the diligence you, know, you bring is that actually is is to then go in, into each of those accounts and although you may notionally put in oh, i think that cat money will be in in October, actually going through the diligent process of of splitting it out into the different stages to make sure you um you deliver excellence really because that's um you know no, nobody particularly likes getting an invoice in
3: and excellence will always get
2: yeah i mean i've i've got a i've got a, somebody who uh, who never flipping invoices i mean it's just ridiculous so i've got a, a plumber who who sent me an invoice 18 months later uh, <laughs> actually i didn't mind paying him at all for the time but actually when i got an invoice in for about 500 pounds 18 months later when i wasn't forgotten about it it wasn't yeah. appreciated and and does that convey excellence would I use this no. again actually I've not used them again
3: absolutely and I must tell you about another client of mine uh, they were very um, very good business and um, they had uh, it was a, a sole trader business and they uh, I was talking to the the business owner and he said oh I've got a bit of a problem I've got some backlogged invoices to do so I sort of went oh my ears pricked up Really? Why have we got backlogged invoices? And I dug into it to find out what was going on, and I discovered that he was providing a service, um, and he was his bank account. If it fell below sixty thousand in the bank, it alerted to him that he needed to do invoicing. I went, "What?" He said, "Well, yeah. If it blows, falls below sixty thousand, I need to invoice because I've I need to." make sure there's more cash in there he wasn't invoicing his customers unless he needed the money in his bank yeah. the end result of that was when we actually started went through all the paperwork he had somewhere in the region of two hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of business he hadn't invoiced oh my word. Um, now it wasn't such a big issue to him because he didn't feel that he needed the cash but the issue was uh, and these were big chains of hotels um they couldn't manage their finances, they couldn't manage their business without having the invoice. But And I had to address it with him on the basis that it's a bad customer service issue. If you're not invoicing your customers when you're supposed to be invoicing them, they will then struggle with their accounting system. And as you've just quite rightly said, 18 months down the line to get a bill for something that you weren't expecting can throw your cash flow out. Mm. So it's a major issue to your customers, <laughs> believe it or not, if you don't invoice them on time. Absolutely. It's frustrating. It doesn't, doesn't give confidence, does it either? In the no. ability no.
2: to manage their businesses well.
3: Sort of coming coming back to the issue of having your order book and knowing what you are gonna be expecting. Um, If you know what your break even in your business is, you know what you need in terms of uh, covering all of your overheads, all of your salaries, the income that you need as the owner to take out for your own uh, survival in terms of your, your household finances and your lifestyle. You should know if you don't know that you should do that. Please make a list. Make sure you know what your break even is. You can then know month in advance whether or not you've actually achieved enough for your break even and whether or not you're making profit if you are not this is the monitor measure and track you can now take action if you've not got it if we're now sitting in september if november is looking a bit poor um and december is looking atrocious in terms of your order book you, you can do something about it now to make sure that you you get your sales in in order to facilitate the delivery that results in the income for December. There's no point in getting to December and going, oh, dear, we had a bad December.
2: Absolutely. Doug, we've got just a couple of minutes left. I wonder what are the key messages that you'd really like to leave us with today?
3: Um, I guess the key message um, in amongst all of what I've said is please don't be a busy fool. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that so many businesses will try and run their business on the basis that they are providing the cheapest service. They can sell really easily if they're the cheapest in the market. But quite often what happens is when you're the cheapest in the market, you're not making profit. And you end up being really busy, getting stressed and you are not generating profit in your business. So take a look at where you're you're setting your your store in terms of your prices. If you value yourself and you value the service you deliver, then charge appropriately for it. Otherwise, you'll be a busy fool. Excellent. Doug, being practical
2: as ever, Uh, I hope you've enjoyed being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I have. Thank you. you. Very welcome, and good luck with the the book launch. Um, Doug's book is available from the 16th of September from uh, Amazon Getting Down to Business A Practical, No Nonsense Guide to Growing Your Business. If you want to find more information on Doug Daubery, go to www.exec-tc.com. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me, Chris at bemoreachievemore.com. You can uh, connect with me on Facebook and LinkedIn if you if you want to as well. On next week's show we have Tanya Manrenick. Uh, Tanya's going to talk with us about the star principle and Stanya, Tanya has an amazing story from uh, a very challenging uh, youth uh, right the way through to speaking in the European Parliament and setting up uh, an amazing organization called the Oyster Club and various things she's got some really great principles to share with us so uh, she's an engaging character she will be on the show with us next week so in the meantime have a tremendous week and thanks again Doug Daubry.
1: Thank you for listening to Be More Achieve More. Please join your host Chris Cooper again next Friday at 8am US Pacific time typically 4pm London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.